the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics were up to 20-18. and 18. We're still half a game up on the New York Knicks, thank God. This week, the Seas took a loss to the Nets. We blew out the Rockets, and we've heard a lot more about trade rumors flying around. We want to get into all that, but first things first, as always, got to break down best and worst takeaways this week. James, you can go first. I mean, I guess my best has to just be like our win this week. I feel like, I don't know. I don't feel too crazy about it, but it has to be our best because our game was a loss. But my worst isn't even the loss in and of itself. It's the officiating, man. I, I think I don't, I'm not alone when I say, like, I think the NBA has a problem. Like, this soft ref thing, it's like gone past memehood. It's not funny anymore. It's actually become, it's actually it started to impact the game. And we've been talking about the C's can't get a call, and that's a whole different conversation. But the officiating just across the board this season has just been piss poor, has just been like the worst I've seen. I don't know what I'm going to do if I see another game that the refs miss a foul call and then just have to do a jump ball as if that like it makes sense by in, in any sense. Like it's, it's just kind of like I, I know that I'm not the only, I know it's just not me like being the old man, the porch saying that like the NBA has a problem, but like there has to be something that can be done. And it's I've kind of reached past the point of being fed up and and it's like accepting that this is like our new normal. It was like one thing the first week when it was like, man, these replays are taking a long time. Like it seems like we've watched this replay a hundred times. We know what the outcome is and we're still watching the refs watch the replay and it has not changed. We're happy through the season. So I feel you. My best this week is Marcus Smart. He came back and he looked pretty solid to me. Uh, He went four of six for 19 points in 21 minutes, his first game back. And so just like off the bench, 20 minutes, 21 point or 19 points. That's like what we've been begging for since he left. So him coming out and doing that was huge for us. Um, the worst this week, it, it's, it's hard to pin it on anyone because the, the Nets loss was just a team loss and the Rockets win was huge. So I'm going to get back on Kemba's case again because uh, – No Kemba, way. Kemba no, this was a Jalen Brown loss. The Nets loss was a Jalen Brown loss. Five I for like 23. Jaylen, no, Jalen Brown was bad. Kemba was also bad. Um and we can, we can just start right there, the Nets game. Um, they didn't have Blake Griffin, so they came into that. Uh, we came into that with no Blake Griffin, no KD to worry about. And I'm just so frustrated they got Harden. He solved so many of their problems. I don't think they'd be this good with just Kyrie and those guys. Like, I don't think they'd be, like, a top three team. I don't know. I think it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I think with Dimwitty, with, you know, what they had, it's hard to say. I, I think that it would be comparable. I think they would have figured it out either way. Harden is definitely like him being in this MVP conversation is not just because of like what we've seen from him in the past is that he's actually kind of doing, and I know it's going to sound like kind of weird, but he's kind of doing what LeBron did last year as like the guy in the really good team that is averaging like 22 and, and 11, but that like you could see that he's actually initiating everything on the court for them. Yep. It's, it's pretty crazy. He's, he's very much the glue of what they're trying to do on offense. Now, this is like, let's just go right into the Nets game in general. This is a, this is a game that we totally had, right? Yeah, like, four minutes left, it's a two-point game. 
So we, we, we had a chance in this game and we didn't come through. I mean, some questionable officiating, 100%. Um, but that's, again, I, I think that at the end of the day, this is kind of a team we have to beat in this circumstance. Like when this team is compromised, like we need to get those shots in while we can. Yep. And that I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Cause like we just got smart back. We're just kind of, we're getting back from the break, but this team also is going to have a generational talent player in Kevin Durant. And it's going to have Blake Griffin, who we don't even know what he's going to be. So you had to keep that in mind when you, when you like look at this loss and to be honest, it's, it, it looks just even more disappointing as it feels more disappointing as time goes on. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, this is like our team is full strength other than Smart having to be on a minutes restriction and their team is going to get like two phenomenal players uh, yep. down the road. So it's good that we get these losses and now I guess up until the last four minutes, like up until the last three minutes, honestly, like it was a very competitive game. Like I like what we saw and I want to go into like the sequence at the end of the game that made us lose. But before that, like Jason Tatum, great game. Your, your best player has to play well. Yep. Tice was efficient. Smart played well coming back. And you're right. Jalen Brown crapped his pants that night. Um, when he doesn't shoot the ball well, he just all anyway isn't great at like facilitating and moving the ball around. So his shooting numbers like determine his impact on the game on nights like this. And he didn't help us at all. Kemba, same thing. Um, he took less shots, so he had less of an impact, but only 11 points in a game against the Nets. Um, I liked how like Kemba, Smart, and Brown, the only guys getting 34 minutes plus, Tice had 28 minutes and everyone else had 20 minutes. We played 10 men deep. So I like the prioritizing of the stars and how everyone else comes in. But I mean, Kyrie just cooked us. Kemba couldn't guard him at all. No one could really guard him at the end of the game, 40 points. And I mean, even like Landry Shamit's like knocking down, he's hitting six threes against us. Like, I guess that's where you just can't catch a break on a night like that. No, for sure. In a funny way, I think that Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Tatum have something to learn from Kyrie, Harden, and um, and uh, sorry, Kyrie, Harden, and KD. Is in this it's just because that Kyrie and, and Kemba, like the thing is that they're they're not exactly like the best playmakers per se, but they're just so good on the dribble. But Kyrie finds a way to kind of like step in in moments and like do his thing but it never gets in the way of like the overall flow of the offense and still gets his numbers. That's something that Kemba needs to be able to do. That's, you know, he, now that smarts back, he doesn't have to initiate as much as he did um, in these prior, like two weeks. And I think that Tatum needs to look at Harden and say like, how do I up my game to the next level? It's, it's being a playmaker like Harden before D'Antoni comes in, in, in Houston, it's just this pure score type guy gets 50 points in any given night. It's true. I mean, that's it's what true. Tatum is, but how Harden then became the MVP of the league is by implementing that additional part to his game. I think that that's how Tatum's going to get better. And, and Katie and, and Jalen Brown, it's just like, okay, if your shot's not going in that particular, how else are you going to affect the game? Because I feel like Katie does a really good job at that. And I think Jalen Brown is just as much athletic as Katie is and has like the work ethic to make it happen. We just don't have that kind of like gel that like the, we just yeah. don't have enough glue to, to like our stars. And I think that's like going to hold us back. If you're talking about Kyrie Harden, KD versus Kemba Brown Tatum, like they just have more firepower. It's, it is, it's more firepower. So if they can gel well, we have no chance. If we can't like get on the same page more and like be able to play team basketball better than they can, because like, that's their whole thing. When we like back when we had it, we used to beat the warriors and we were like the most competitive team against the warriors. 
we couldn't match their firepower and we sh- shouldn't have tried, but like we played great team basketball and great team defense and like Brown and Tatum need to lead us in team defense. Kemba, like I said, could not guard Kyrie. I want to get to the last four minutes of this game. It's 106-108, four minutes left, anyone's ball game. Kyrie gets eight straight points for them in the last four minutes. They went on a 13-3 to run to end the game. The only three points we had were with three minutes left. Brown hit a three. And then after Brown hits that three, it's 109-113. Tatum turns it over. Kemba misses a step back three. Brown misses a three. Tatum misses a jump shot. Brown misses a three. And then Jalen Brown turns it over two more times. So just complete collapse in the last three minutes. And it's just our best players going ISO and putting up shots and not making them while their best player, Kyrie and Harden score 10 points in those last three minutes. And it's so frustrating because like we used to live and die by Kyrie, which is what they did that night. We would live and dying by Kyrie because we had so many other talented players, but like he's taking every shot and it worked until we got to the Eastern conference finals and played the Bucks, and Kyrie just like couldn't make shots that series. And so when he's the guy that's taking every shot, we lose those games and it's frustrating because now I feel like he is better at distributing and like passing off the buck, like to Harden. And he's also gotten better in terms of, he's just like, I feel like there was a gap between like, he was so clutch on the calves and he's so clutch right now. And with us, I feel like we didn't get that as much. No, I, I think we did in, in, in spurts, but we forgot he, he also had an injury bug while he's with us. I think for like the latter part of the other season, I think uh, the, the injuries almost more as disappointing as, him just giving up in the Eastern Conference Finals. It almost was like the writing was on the wall that he was going to do that at that point. We knew that he was gone. It was a much different situation. You're not playing with D'Antoni or Nash. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely disappointing to look at that and just be like, God, what we, what, like if in a perfect world where he doesn't leave, like what would this team have been? Now on Kemba, again, we, it's like we, we, we have to like, always have this caveat before we talk about Kemba that we don't hate him and that we root for him that because everything we seem to talk about is negative. But the thing is, is that if you look at how we've been kind of choking in like the last like year and a half, at least, and you look at what happened last year's playoffs, it's like, did we get torched by opposing point guards? And I'm not going to go as far as say that Kemba being out in late game is a liability, but we think about who we're like losing close games to it's Fred Van Fleet. It's Kyle Lowry. It's Goran Dragic. It's these guys who can just torch us because, let's be honest, we're always in the second rotation of our defense uh, if we're facing a good point guard. And you, you, if you want to put Smart out there too, you put them, you put them on their best point guard. And then, and then you got Kemba guarding a, a six-five shooting guard. It's it's a it's almost like the the point guard version of Shaq, where you're just like in a different way. You're like this guy's a liability out in late game and. You know, again, it all goes back to this guy we're paying $37 million. So yep, this is why we got to talk about it. Kemba, like Kemba, I think at the end of that game, it was one of the, one of Kyrie's like nice, like ISOs was on Kemba. He had like a step back or he had some kind of three Only on one? Kemba. And then Kemba takes it up the floor and Kemba immediately goes into his dribble package on Kyrie and Kemba takes a step back three and yeah. he misses it. And it's just frustrating that like Kemba's trying to go toe to toe right there when it's just not his game and it's not our game. And I, I, where I'll give credit is to Tatum. I thought that defensively, I liked what I saw because he was like guarding Harden, like at all the pivotal moments. And uh, he played almost 40 minutes. So guarding like the guy that dribbles the ball out, the air out of the ball for 40 minutes uh, is difficult. Um, and yeah, Tatum, I thought had a good game. I wish the ball was in his hands more at the end because like Jalen Brown sure. had 
five of those last seven possessions that he was either missing shots or turning it over. Um, I think it's just the end of a long game for Jalen Brown where he was missing shots and just like couldn't get it together. No, for sure. I mean, this is like the kind of thing, like I said, like these are the kind of games where we kind of see like we get very excited about, about Tatum and Brown, but they, they have like some steps to make for sure before, you know, they just start shooting in games like this. Now, I, I don't think that like this is a bad loss per se. Like it's not like we look at this and we can't take anything away from it. But we the only thing to think about is that we kind of have to start winning games pretty soon. Like there's a lot of teams hot on our trail. Like these are the kind of games that might hurt when you want you look back in like a week. Cause like the heat already back up to like what, like the third seed? And because yeah. everyone's packed in this weird, like close to 500 um place in the Eastern Conference that like the, this all it is, would take was just a quick spurt of wins to get us back yeah. up to like the two seed. Like it would just take a, a streak. But the, it, as easily as you can rise, you can fall in such an environment. True. And that's just kind of where we stand with, with when we kind of get these gifts of like really great team, you know, on any given other point of the season, you're probably going to have to deal with a much harder game. You know, those are the ones you got to kind of edge out. Because, uh, you know, those are the ones that really make the difference. We're going to win games, like, against the Rockets, you know? This is, like, a nothing game versus a nothing team. Like, of course, we're going to shoot this one in. It's a little, little tap-in. It's just a little tap-in. But it's – we know we got those. And if you add up all of those and just those, I don't think we're getting the seed that we're going to be happy with. We're still – we've won five out of the last six. And we – like, we're tied with the Nets, basically, with four minutes left. So, for – 44 minutes we played very competitively against the nets so like half the nets I, yeah I, half the nets without kd that's a whole nother issue and blake griffin you with. never know you know you don't know what he's gonna be he might be trash this year but maybe he's unmotivated i don't know hopefully we have some reinforcements too by the time that he comes around but that's that's not something to worry about in this moment um we did blow out the rockets they are so bad it was so much fun to watch a team without a center play against us because we get abused by centers and watching Robert Williams embarrass them was, was so joyful. This is the Christian Wood effect, huh? Yeah. His I trade mean, value okay. is going up as the, as the losses go on. I can't believe that guy's not on our team. He's such a waste there. And I know he's been hurt, but like, gosh, what a nightmare that team turned out to be. I was like actually excited to watch John Wall and Oladipo and it's not been good. Um, I mean, it's, it's not even their fault. They, they start no. the season complete vitriol and, you know, cousins like, it's like a mutual parting, you know, it's just kind of like they know where, where this team is going. Like they're in a complete like nosedive. Uh, but I mean, Christian Wood, this is this is why this is why like it's more of like what Danny and should wrong. It's more of like what, we, what could have been like 16 straight losses for the Rockets with him being out is the most damning piece of evidence that you possibly could have had. It's almost more like convincing than if he had just scored like 25 points every one of those games yeah it's like seeing the effect like this looked like like it looks bad now but it looked like a competitive team and let's not pretend that we aren't we're we aren't like talking after the Harden trade saying like oh you know like maybe they're not trying to like throw it all you know out this year you know maybe they go with like a wall oladipo cousins wood like we were pj tucker before pj tucker you still got eric like there's players here and we were all talking about after the Harden trade about how this team wasn't just going to throw in the towel. And yeah. I mean, 
I don't think I that they. The, I, hear, I heard today they're already trying to trade Oladipo, which I guess makes sense because I feel no, like now yeah, we knew last week. Losing. We knew last week that Oladipo was targeted by the Warriors and the Lakers, but yeah. I mean, yeah, they, I think I don't think that the sad thing is I don't think this I don't think this team wants to lose per se. Like I don't think the players on this team are. I think they're a lot more like the thunder in the way that they don't want to like kind of just accept the process. But uh, man. They, they, they can't buy a win. I don't know when it's coming either. We, we spent three quarters against them building up a lead so that the fourth quarter, we could have an awesome lineup out there. Um, That's true. The first, the first three quarters, you know, Tatum goes off again, 23 points in 29 minutes. The end of the sequence he had, like the end of the third quarter was awesome, where like he scored three straight possessions, had like two straight steals, and he had the buzzer beater at yeah. the end of the third. That was great. Um, Brown had an efficient game. Kemba had 16 points in 21 minutes. And I don't know if this is in his favor or not, he had 11 of those points in less than two minutes in the first minute and 40 seconds of the second half, he scored 11 straight points, which is awesome. But I mean, as much awesome as it is, you know, he scores five points in the other 24 minutes he plays, but we're blowing them out. So it's so, against the Rockets. So I like yeah. this is, he's only, he, didn't he have his biggest game, like his breakout game out of his slump against the wizards. Yeah, true. Just saying. Uh, yeah. Um, the Rockets have no center. So I, I, I love what I saw from Robert Williams. He abused them. But again, they, they, they had no one to stop him. Uh, but it's yeah. cool that we have someone that can't be stopped in that situation. He had that was he had 16 and 13 that night. That was his third career double-double. Doesn't that seem low? I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't. Every game. It doesn't because he just he's never gone the minutes. And, and like this is what it this is what it comes down to is like what is the what is the possibility? What is the ceiling of Robert Williams getting 25 minutes every game? What does that look like? what is the floor? And then you have to look at what you get from Tice and you have to think about if it's worth it to go and, and say that you're going to bank on that ceiling and like that it's like going to be better. And it's always the, like the answer has always been no for Brad Stevens. I think like he's warming up to it though. I, I think we're getting like, you know, he's, he's like flirting with the idea. He's never thought about it before, but I think he genuinely is now. Um, no, That's what I'm I, seeing. I, I, I'd like, like, I think that Daniel Tice played seven minutes in this game. So if Robert Williams could, could like, if Brad could mix up this lineup a little bit and like, give us what we want. He's been I, playing it, him more lately. And, yeah. and I think like Rob, dude, I know we lost, but Rob will in the Nets game. Can we go back to that? Oh my gosh. He made like three, like pretty insane plays low key. Like he had a couple blocks out just in the three point line. Like he, he never a, used to read a nice those block on like Harden at the end. He had there. a block on Kyrie like, and he never used to read those things. And, and now it seems like he's playing smarter. It seems like he's like as springy as he ever been. Like his quickness is actually kind of underrated. And yeah. it's just like that, those defensive plays, like that's what gets me like excited about what he could possibly be. Cause it's like, you never see Tyson making those electric plays. And that's like the difference. I mean, he's kind of like our Darwin's and Hernandez. I, I think it's, he's got he's just got to hone it in, hone it in a little bit. And I don't know. I, I think we got a winner here. I, I like Rob a lot, and he's like I've said this for weeks. He's off of my list of like possible like trade uh, pieces. Like I think that he should be our starting center or just like a center in our lineup for the next six years. Like I'm very sold on this guy. I love it. Yeah, Ty uh, should be the one to go. But him, yeah. I mean, he played seven minutes that night, so you're getting your wish right there. Um, I mean, the, the, there is a lot of there is a lot of trade talk, so I feel like he, it's, he's as he's as, as likely as a suspect as anyone else. 
his contract does like work in favor of him being traded. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see that, but I, I, I need to give a special thank you to Brad Stevens because he knows how hard it's been uh, with this pandemic and with this, this, this team this year. So we had a nice blowout going in the fourth and he gave us, I think like nine minutes of Carson, Peyton Pritchard and Taco all on the floor yeah. together, mixing in Naismith and Grant and whoever else um, Javante got in there for a second. But Carson and Pritchard, the double guards right there, like they were just going to work. And, you know, Taco is like showing like what kind of player he can be kind of, they went at him right when he checked in and he got like foul calls. Cause he just couldn't adjust to guys like trying to dunk on him and he was fouling guys. Um, and then like on offense, like guys are preventing Taco from getting to his spots. So I think from what we saw with him, like his ability to go set screens and switch on defense, his vision and his mind for the game has grown so much in the year we've had him and coordination and mobility are all that are stopping him. And I think he's getting more mobile and more coordinated. So I think that like long-term taco is going to be someone that can play on this team and yeah. watching him give screens to Carson and Peyton, like was, was so pretty. They goes, those guys could do damage. I love he, it so much. He's another guy who needed the G league this year. I, I think there's yeah. a lot of guys on the roster. I, th- I think he really would have benefited from that. Cause I think he's just such a project, but like, uh, like that Pokashevsky kid and, and uh, at the thunder, like, I think that he, there's like this little thing in the back of your head that says like, all right, this kind of frame, this un like seen, like kind of height and like whatever stature plus an understanding of the game good enough where they can make some plays is just like going to be an enticing thing for any team. It's like definitely us enough for us to like hold on him, you know? And I think like, as we like move on to like trades, like this, this is like a weird thing. It's like, it's like, do we want to trade Rob? Do we want to trade Taco? Like, if you want to trade even Carson, it's it's about like who you really like. And we're gonna to have to kind of throw away, we got to pick some children, and some of them are not gonna make it to the house. So, like, that's kind of the, the harsh truth of our situation. The day that we trade Taco Fall is a dark day in the city of Boston. I'll tell you what, Danny does not England. care. He's not know. care for the fanfare. He does not. The game, the day that Taco like gets 10 blocks playing against us is also the day, like the darkest day in Boston losing that guy. Um, <laughs> but that like, that, that was a good old fashioned blowout against the Rockets. There's nothing really more you can ask for and ex- nothing less you can expect playing against the worst team in the NBA. So I'm glad that that worked out. Um, we've got some confidence now. Like we we're, we're actually like looking like winners. Um, I guess. A little bit. <laughs> so uh, I like it. We still have about, I think it's like a week and a half till the trade deadline. And we're looking at a lot of names. Are you ready to get into that? Yeah, for sure. So the biggest reports I've heard for trades is John Collins, Jeremy Grant, and Harrison Barnes. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, we're going to be in his buyout market if he gets bought out. And I don't love any of these guys as like being a great fit, but we need someone. And I would, I would take at least two of them. Um, so I want to get right into it. Just like, I think we should just go through and rank these dudes. Um, who would you say at this moment you want most on this team out of those four? Out of those four, well, I'm going to kind of discount Jeremy Grant because I just don't think the Pistons really want to give him up. I think that they, they make this his team. I think that's why they just leave Blake for nothing. But I think it's Harrison Barnes. And it's not because I think he fixes all of our problems. I'm not as hot on the guy as like other Boston fans out there. I think Boston fans are just kind of looking for anything. Yep. But – I will say I'm a fan of the guy as a person. I think he's like a great teammate. He's a great guy to have in the locker room. Um, I think he's like the like the treasurer or something of like the players union. He 
he, you know, he's, he's a stand-up guy. And I think like, you know, people talk about that. He's like different in the, in the, in the best of ways. I think that I don't mind giving him the money knowing that what he's going to provide to the locker room, uh, the mentality and the fact that he's kind of been there before. He has a lot of playoff experience. A vet is not the worst idea in the world. And I know, I know we, we, people talk about Harrison Barnes, like he's like 37, but he's like 29. And uh, I guess in the modern NBA, that's what you call a vet. Uh, I don't mind that. I know his contract isn't as team friendly, but I'm sick of Boston teams being stingy about money. I just don't care. I don't care anymore. I, I don't understand why like we're, we're such penny pinchers now. It's I, like, I, I just don't think that us overpaying one guy when he's not the kind of guy who's going to just like take the money and run and like start taking, stop taking care of his body or something. Like it's just not the dumbest thing in the world. Um, if you want to use the trade exception this year, but I think we're both out on John Collins, right? Like, I don't, I don't think either of us really buy what he's selling. So I've been out on Barnes and Collins since the trade rumor started, but now that we've gotten it down to this list, I feel kind of differently. I'll start with Barnes because that was your guy. Um, I like him more than I did a week ago. I looked at his contract and it actually is struck, structured like backwards with the bird years. So he makes 22 million this year and then 20 million and then 18 million. So it's going to go down a little bit which is a little better. And this year he's playing 36 minutes a game. He's averaging 17, six and three. So per 36 minutes, that's not amazing, but it's solid. And I think it's important to remember that he, for the Warriors was like kind of exactly what we need. He was like the third or fourth option who like on a given night could go put up 20, but also was okay to just like catch and shoot and like blend into the background. And we could really use a guy like him who can, he can create his own shot if he has to. If he has to go ISO, he can do something. But he is also just like a veteran who can be out there and move the ball. Like he played on the Warriors offense. He can move the ball and he can catch and shoot. And that would be really useful for us. Um, that's like my opposition to Jeremy Grant, honestly, is that I don't think, I think it would cost us a lot to get him because I think the Pistons like value him highly. And Jeremy Grant is not someone that blends into your offense. Like he goes isolation a lot. I feel like he's a LeBron stopper. <laughs> I get, okay. Um, he's, he's on a three year, $60 million deal. So it's, we're paying the same for Barnes or for Grant and he's okay. So he's, he's playing 36 minutes. He's averaging 23, five and three, and he's shooting 43% and 35%. So that's a testament to just like, He's playing all the minutes and getting all their shots. He gets to go ISO so much. If he if he comes to us, it's I don't think it's going to blend the right way. Like you think no, about he, for sure, Gordon Hayward trying to blend in. Now Jeremy Grant is not as unselfish as Gordon Hayward. Classic usage rate guy. Classic yeah, like just high classic. usage rate yes, guy. Exactly. And this is why triple double is like very this means so much less than they used to. Is that you got these guys who just have incredibly high usage rates that are really just unseen. If you look past like past the last 10 years, it's just unseen. Like you won't even see it. Like it's like the fact that like guys like Jeremy Grant can have the ball in their hands for this much. Uh, it's just like, this is kind of like a much more normal thing. I, I don't think that he's like a bad player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's actually yeah. is a kind of like a great two way guy. It's just that the better he is, the worse you are. And that, that's mm -hmm. just not the kind of player we need. I think Barnes, the, the lesser role he plays, the better your team is. That's the kind of way it's supposed to work. I, I, again, the money for me is not the biggest deal. I don't think it's even that much of an overpay. I just think that he's that much better than Semi, and he's that much better than Grant. And now you could do away with both. You know, th this is like, I, I give it to Dan. The, the one thing that's tough about trading away guys like that is that 
We just don't have the, the guarantee of replacing value. And if we get Harrison Barnes, then you just you you understand that like what you're gonna get from him was just that much better than like what you were throwing out before. And in, in that way, it's kind of it's kind of like a done deal. Like in, that's what I like about this one. The only thing that sucks about it is the price tag. And that has stopped us from so much success in the past. Yeah, Danny's not doing this trade unless we fleece them, uh, unfortunately, which I don't know. I guess we got to trust the process, but it'd be frustrating if we do nothing. I, I definitely, I rank Jeremy Grant behind Harrison Barnes and John Collins. When Here's my thing about John Collins. When we played against John Collins, was not impressed at all whatsoever. Like I didn't, I didn't see anything from him, but looking at just the way his play style and his numbers, he's got 18 and eight this year, shooting 53% from the field and 37% from three. He's on the last year of a deal. He's making $4 million this year. So, and it's, this is, he's still on his rookie contract. So I can see him as like, we need a four and he isn't someone that goes ISO or like needs the ball in his hands to have an impact necessarily. Like I like what he does around the rim and we don't have a lot of guys that can have an impact around the rim. And as far as threes, he, he doesn't, he doesn't create his own threes, but he can catch and shoot them. So even though his play has never like really jumped off the screen for me, I think that he fits. Like I think that he would fit well as being like a fourth option if he can take that. And I don't know. I definitely would like him over Jeremy Grant. Him versus Harrison Barnes is just a matter of like what this team truly needs, which last year having like, if you look at Harrison Barnes and Gordon Hayward, kind of similar like output and having all those wings out there last year didn't work for us. So having someone a little bigger, like John Collins is averaging eight rebounds. It might serve us a little better to add that piece. I don't know. I mean, here, here's the thing that it's upon the brakes on though, is that he's on like a Trey Young team. And the way that a Trey Young team works and the way that our team works are two very different universes of basketball. I just think that you have to take what he does with a grain of salt. It's kind of like, you know, players that Luca played with, I think fall into the same bin. It's like uh, Norman Powell. I'm sorry, no, Josh Powell, the guy, uh, the guy on the Mavs. He's um, it's in in a large part of 2019 looked like, like a, like a top 10 power forward. And he's just kind of rim running with like with Luca. I think that John Collins, it's not that he isn't, he's getting this easy stuff from like his teammates. I and mean, it's a hard team to play on, but I just think that the, the fit ability, like, like the malleability that you might see, or you might like, um, like about him. I think it's just in question. And yeah. I think what we have to give up and what like his ceiling of what he might be able to like give us, if you're going to take like the prospect over the vet in this situation, when you're kind of in a little bit of like a win very soon mode, maybe not win, like a win now, but win in the very near future mode, like that, and the, the, the price tag of what you give up for that prospect and their ceiling has to just make sense in comparison to like the vet that you might've gotten. And that's when I look at Harrison Barnes, man. And I say like, you know, what are we going to pay John know, Collins? You, you know exactly what you're going to get from Harrison Barnes. You know 100%. exactly what he is. And what are you gonna what do you guys pay John Collins? More than $20 million. That's you know, he denied deals that were uh less than that. I mean, he 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 believes that he is a big money type player. Like, do is that something we want to do again? Do you want to bring in another expensive fourth guy? You know, because then we're back in the Gordon Hayward conversation of just like, do we give this guy shots? Like, do do we is is this guy so is this guy supposed to be mad if he doesn't? Like, what is his role? 
I don't know if we got to be playing like who's taking the shot hot potato or like anything like this. I, I want a guy who just knows his role and is going to be okay with that. And I feel like we need some veteran presence. Like, I think that's like the only kind of personality type is going to fit with exactly what we need to like get from him. I agree. I agree. I'd be happy with either of them. I both like before I would have been unhappy, but now that I've seen all the options, I've seen what this team looks like. If we make a move and we get someone, I'll be happy that we're just trying that we we're, we're making the effort. Um, yeah. And the, as, there's other, there's other trade possibilities. I, I well, you know, these are just the ones we heard about. LaMarcus Aldridge, I heard we're in the buyout market for. I like LaMarcus Aldridge a lot, but he hasn't played well this season. And I think that at this point with his age and the amount of like mid-range jump shots he takes and the amount of like ISO that he tries to play, I don't know if if it's a right fit anymore. He definitely yeah, should be like a last option, like as far as adding pieces. If we get him a vet minimum, I'll take him. But yeah. it's, it's just kind of this thing though of like, I, I, I think like we don't know exactly what he is this year. Like he goes on the Spurs team. He's getting up there in years. Do you really think he wants to suit up and go 110% in a COVID season for the San Antonio Spurs? And it's kind of like the Blake thing where you're like, yeah, it has been great this year, but like who even knows? Like what kind of mindset is that? Is that person going to go into with like a short off season into this meaningless basketball season when they're almost past their primes? It's, or in Marcus's case, definitely past your prime. Like this guy can still possibly be like a, a 12 and seven kind of guy, which on a vet minimum is a steal for us. I think he shows a little bit of like it, with the Spurs, like he, he understands the game. He can pass a little bit, you know, and he doesn't solve our rebounding issues or anything like that. But it, it, it kind of comes down to like, who do you want on the floor late in a game? And Aldrich is the kind of guy that I think I'd want out there over a Tice who's like fouling people, just flailing his arms or, you know, really any of other big men. Like I, th- I just trust him to make the right decisions in those kind of moments. And I think that's, we know we can get to the close games against like any team. I think that if we got Aldridge and we kept our expectations very low, then he would like make us happy. Like if we expect him to be like the player he was four years ago, we'll definitely be disappointed. But if we like, to see him as a veteran presence that can like control the pain a little bit, then that would definitely help us out. Um, And the last thing I wanted to run through is just uh, on Raven on your YouTube page, asked in the comments. uh, He said, he heard that Tristan Thompson plus a young guard, maybe like Romeo or something in exchange for Mason Plumlee and Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington has 10 points per game and 22, three minutes a game this year, shooting 43% from three, which is great. Uh, Plumlee has 10 and nine in 28 minutes compared to Thompson having eight and eight in 23 minutes. To me, it feels like a lateral move and like Ellington and Plumlee, like on paper, I see that as like a better bench player and like a better center, but I'd honestly rather play like Robert Williams than Plumlee. I feel like Robert Williams is putting up more blocks, points and rebounds than Mason Plumlee. And if, especially if we're going to give up Romeo or someone, like, I don't think Wayne, Wayne Ellington, Romeo has frustrated me so far. He's on like the COVID list now that he's healthy. It's very dumb, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw his name out for a guy like Wayne Ellington at this point in Wayne Ellington's career. I think it kind of depends on who we can kind of dump off. Like we're kind of a little bit more clutter than we need right now. And I think that if we can shave off some guys like maybe Javante, you know, maybe Waters, and honestly, in my opinion, like if you just want to get rid of him and it means that we, do, we just have to give up like Tice instead of Rob Will, 
I'll throw Romy in there just because it clears up stuff for us. I think that Plumley is the guy we keep. I think Wayne Ellington's more the guy with like we might just wave when when the season ends. But we see what we get from him. You, you clear out some of the clutter with like you know the backcourt, and I don't mind giving Wayne Ellington like three threes a game. Plumley to me is a pretty good upgrade from Tice in terms of just what we need. I think he's a much better rebounder. I think it's worth talking about. I think the Pistons are the kind of team that would take just a bunch of like meh prospects that we're willing to give up, you know? So it's, it's kind of, again, like what we give up is almost more of a determining factor. Uh, if, if this is going to be like a good trade or not, I think before we stop talking about trades though, I just want to like, I, I think that like, if Dane does not use the exception like this season, I think he realizes like there's going to be like a lot of pushback. And I think that we, in my opinion, need to be ready for something. Like, I think that a big trade is like, it's not out of the conversation, which for me, I haven't felt that way in like a really long time. I think Danny is a very conservative GM, but I think like right now, just like given like this unique opportunity, like I think Vucevic is something that like, the more I think about it, we talked about past in the past podcast, but think about even giving up Rob Will and like some guys you really don't want to give up. Like it kind of makes so much more sense. Like I keep watching him this year and just like, it just makes so much sense for us to, to invest in a guy who's going to be 20 and eight for at least three more seasons while like we have Tatum and Brown and we run that and see what we get from it. Not enough talk. I don't know. I, I just think he's so underrated. I, I just think that that's like, if we pass on that, are we not just going to regret it for the rest of the season? Danny Ainge said like he, that the buyout market or the, the trade deadline market is not as hot as like the off season market. And like during the draft or like start a free agency, you can pull off like a much better trade um, just cause everyone's like trying to rebuild at that point And the price is going to be higher mid season. But Danny Ainge was also the guy that didn't give us a team to win this year. And so now the trade deadline's coming he's running out of time to give us a team to win. So I, I, I need him to do something. And again, it's, 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 it's the patience thing of being like, okay, like, you know, we didn't get anything this offseason, but we have the trade exception. Okay. Like now we're not going to get any of the deadline. So we're now we're just looking at next year and next offseason. And how long do we have to wait for us to build, build this team up? And we might, we might have, we might be testing our patience. Like I'm not as optimistic as you. No, I, I, if in, in my opinion, I just think it's like, yeah, like it, it, it's true that we have like more flexibility going forward, but what imagine the situation like we make Eastern Conference finals again and we didn't make a move and then we lose. Yeah. Like what what are we doing? Like, like yeah. I, I just didn't get to ask that question after a while, because the sad thing is, is that I think when healthy, we have a good enough team to get to the Eastern Conference finals this year. I, I like very confident in that. But what the what the hell are we playing for? We're gonna get obliterated by the Nets if we face them in the ECF. It's not even close. It, and so that and that's kind of like you look back at these three years and it's just like, dude, what are we doing? Like, and, and that's why I feel like it's not as much of uh like just a far cry or just like like, oh, like wouldn't that be nice? I think if Danny's smart, which I do think is a smart guy, I think he realizes it's like this isn't sustainable. Like and not in Boston, at least like making getting coming up short in like the biggest games. It's, it's just not, it's just not going to cut it. We, the, the Pats lose with, with Tom Brady in the first round one year and, and, he, and he's gone. It's just yeah. like, I think, I think he does. He, I think he does think of a little bit more about this. And I just want to mention that name. Cause 
I think that Celtics fans are kind of aligned with Danny Ainge sometimes. We're like, oh, we don't want to give up this. Oh, but like we shouldn't give up that. No, that's too that's too like dramatic. Why not? The, the, we got guys giving up six picks and six pick swaps for James Harden just because they think they have like somewhat of a chance. I feel I feel like we're totally it should be that same mindset. I mean, what if what do first round picks even get us anymore? We haven't had a good first round pick since Jalen Brown. Like, trade the first round picks for all I care. I feel that's what other teams are realizing. But yeah, yeah. Like, what's what's the twenty fifth pick work to us? Not much. And that's where we're gonna we're gonna get. But anyways, looking forward. Um, yeah, we have I, this is a crazy week. After having time off, we have five games in six days this week. Yeah, it's like every team. Every team is like they're. Uh, they're talking about that they're concerned for like the second half of the season. They're cramming in a lot. Like I'm just prayers out for the players, man. It's no big injuries. We play the jazz tomorrow night. The jazz have the easiest schedule in the NBA for the rest of the season. We have the second easiest, thank God, but the jazz are like kind of locking up first place right now. Um, that's a tough team to face uh, after, after a nice easy win against the Rockets, but the Cavs and the Kings and the magic, I expect us to handle the Kings. Maybe, maybe we have Harrison Barnes by then, or maybe he shows up that night and we can see what he's like and make a trade for him. And then we have the Grizzlies a week from Monday, the Grizzlies. I like playing them. I just like watching jaw. So yeah, I'll take that for what it's worth. Uh, side note. Do you like the jazz are pretenders, right? Like I think we're, we're like on the same boat. Total pretenders. I, I don't like the jazz. Like they bore me. I agree with LeBron when he was like, like, yeah, I wouldn't pick those guys in a video game. I wouldn't. Yeah, but have said that aside, that, that aside, pretenders. That aside, right? I'd say yes, because I don't think that Donovan Mitchell is the best player on a championship team, but they have played together for years. Like this, their core group has, has years together. And like, I, I feel like they're like sort of the Hawks or sort of, sort of like us, like four years ago. Like that's, that's how they look to me, but the Hawks didn't win and we didn't win. So I'd say <laughs> pretenders. I just think they look a lot like that dry spell that the Spurs had when they were like dominant in this era and dominant in like the, you know, middle 2010s. And like they just had those teams in the middle. I just feel like that those teams in the middle remind me a lot of the Jazz. And That's a good metaphor. I, I just, you know, will they will they like make a splash? I'm sure they will. But I, I'll believe it when I see it with this team. I think they're right in the same bin as Milwaukee. Like it just, we just got to see it. We, we know we can win the regular season. That, that's not new. Cleveland's like, you know, Cleveland, Sacramento, like th- this is what I was kind of talking about before. Like we kind of had to like capitalize on this, like Cleveland, Sacramento, Orlando, Memphis, that's four wins. Or yeah. like, if it's not four wins, that's a problem. Like, and I think like there's a certain kind of urgency with this weird new schedule where everything's so packed together and like the game, like the season is shorter. It's like, you can kind of feel the urgency. You can kind of feel the effect of like X amount of less games it's like each game, it's, it's like, it's it means a little time. bit more. It's winning time. We have Kemba Smart, Brown Tatum on the floor together, which has not happened much this season. Going into the second half stretch, tight race in the East, trade that line coming up. Like this is winning time. We got to win this week, especially if we lose to the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Then, then you really need to get your confidence up against these teams. But I, I think it's a good point. Seeing Harrison Barnes like on, on Friday, I think that's like, come on. Danny is going to have to think about it that night. He cannot possibly go to sleep without, th- without thinking about that night because he's going to watch the game. And 
I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for Harrison to kind of light us up a little bit if we still win this game. I, I need some more data. I need some more data to drive Danny over the edge. Yeah. Um, someone call Har- Harrison Barnes if he wants out of Sacramento. Yeah. Like this is your Gotta chance, man. Like this is this is this is, is your tryout. Try yeah, totally. Um, all right, sure. I love that. You got anything else on these this upcoming week? It's gonna um, be a lot of Celtics basketball. I, what they're letting in fans pretty soon, right? Uh, yeah, it's a TD. They, they're, they're running commercials like like get on the wait list, but they haven't. I don't know if they've set a date yet, but the tickets are like 100, 150 bucks. I might pull the trigger soon. I mean, <laughs> it's been a, it's been too long since being yeah. a sporting event. I, I'm like also like Fenway too. I, I haven't yeah. like heard any kind of word on what that's gonna look like, but I'm assuming limited capacity. I'm assuming that you can't is, go to the grandstand and walk all the way down in the seventh inning. All I know is while I'm graduating on Zoom in a month, um, Northeastern is going to be graduating True. at Fenway Park. So True. get get the fans back in the stadiums. Get us out in the world. That's that's my take. Um, no, totally agree. We love it. That's going to do it for us on this week on Double Take Celtics. You can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go find Double Take on YouTube extra credit go follow the double take show on instagram james any last words uh yeah i guess uh we want fans in the stands so wear your mask still just that much more just a little little bit more just a little bit more just a little bit longer longer. and then then we can just put this whole thing behind us love it all right go celtics a lot of games this week we'll see you next week take care